0: Hello, everyone. This is Justin Roberti with uh, Benzinga. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we're going to be beginning be beginning in just a couple of minutes. Our guest is uh, is joining us uh, presently. So thank you so much for coming and uh, listening along with us. We look forward to the conversation. While we wait, let's listen to music.
1: <laughs> can Can you make me host, please?
0: Yeah. At least we're a fairly relaxing space now, uh, Jose. Sorry again. So, at least we're a fairly relaxing space now.
1: We're about to start trying to give access to Mortusa to speak. Feel free to invite. Murtusa, yeah. if you're hearing, please accept the invite. Okay, Justin, we're having some technical issues, adding Murtusa to to speak. We will solve okay. it. We will solve it as
0: soon as possible. Well, let's get started. We talk let's about get started, yeah. Yeah. yeah yep. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, you know, the, the, Jose and I are, are uh, well, Jose an editor and I'm a, I'm a writer with Benzinga Crypto. And uh, we wanted to talk a little bit today. We, we have a uh, guest speaker coming up if the uh, technical difficulties are, are worked out around that one. Uh, I wanted to talk today a little bit, Jose, around uh, this exclusive uh, that was published on our site um, by uh, Mertuza Merchant uh, about uh, – how bitboy essentially is calling uh, San, uh sam bankman freed a, a he called him the devil essentially for uh for price manipulation so so that that's kind of strong words I don't know about being the devil um on top of that you know influencers have gotten a lot of uh a lot of scrutiny about uh, possible pumping of coins as well but okay yeah did you the watch meantime, the video? Um, I did. Yes. Yes. He's, he's, he's gotten intense. Ben's always been a really nice guy. I've had him on the show a couple of times, but he's, he's, he was pretty intense about this one. He feels very strongly that, you know, there uh, he's, you know, standing for the little guy. And of course people with, with bigger pockets, billionaires like Bankman freed are more able to manipulate the markets. Um, essentially this all, all goes back to Bankman freed having proposed a, uh, what is what is uh, uh well first what is was ben say ben armstrong BitBoy says i'm the one who dies it's me i'm the one out there putting the work behind the scenes trying to save crypto while these devils sam bankman freed brian armstrong so brian armstrong too are trying to permanently ruin it this is not about the money for me so he feels very strongly about it if you look for that uh if you look for that video um Begman Freed responded uh, uh, directly in conversation with Benzinga, saying, the framework that I posted would secure freedom for peer-to-peer transfers, smart contracts, and validators while, mig- while mitigating hacks and scams. I think that's a pretty clear win for decentralized finance. Well, I mean, it kind of, ge- it kind of goes back to the issue of uh, regulatory structure in general. You know, not that long ago, like when I was writing in like 2017, 99% of the projects I would talk to would say the appropriate amount of uh, regulation in the U.S. is no regulation. That was much more the popular idea. Over the past uh, couple of years, especially going into this bear market, I hear a lot more uh, crypto pundits and, and project leaders talking about you know wanting greater regulation as a way to help kind of uh, stabilize the market. I don't know what, what do you what do you think of that, Jose? You think that regulators are gonna save us? The SEC has been kind of yeah. kind of <laughs> gunning for us for a while. Yeah, there's a topic
1: that once in a while it's always a trending topic, you know, it's um I think it's a pushback between users and regulators. Um, we have here a Murtuza that spoke today with Sam. Maybe Murthuz, I can get, give us some insights about it. Yeah. How are you? Welcome. So what?
2: Up. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. So what happens oh, there is, you, uh, are. you know, is it, uh, thanks, th- <laughs> thanks. for that. You, you know what happens is that you know when you have uh, uh regulators who are chiming into uh you know sort of uh. You know, regulate cryptocurrencies. Uh, you, you know, you you re- you remember uh, Justin? The whole point of you know cryptocurrencies, the whole technology behind it, was to create uh you know a, a decentralized environment where where you know you are over and above uh you know the the shackles of you know regulators and banking institutions. So so this was an alternative banking. You know that was the whole concept when it came out. Sure. But then, when you have so when you have regulators who are chiming in and you know wanting to control the whole industry, uh, because you know, uh, what happens is that you know cryptocurrencies tend to become, uh, you know, an alternate economy, and you know, central banks across the world are very, uh, you know, wary of that. So they 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 wouldn't want this to happen. Uh, but then what happens is that you know. You know, at such times when, when you have, you know, centralized exchanges, and then you have, you know, decentralized, uh, you know, exchanges. So, uh, you know, any uh, CEX would want that, you know, the power to stay with them because, you know, and there are various aspects to this. So, This is what uh, Sam was telling me today that, you know, uh, when when he's come out with this proposal, you know, there were several points which, of course, were, you know, widely, uh, you know, rebuked by a lot of, uh, uh, you know, crypto experts who would not really agree with him. But the whole point was that, you know, uh, the whole point of him coming out with with these proposals was to ensure that, you know, uh, you know, DEXs are, you know, not given a freeway so so that was you know the whole content the bone of contention between sam and you know these you know industry experts so this is how you know it has been so but but i i strongly believe that you know given you know the history that you know we we've all seen you know how you know what sam bankman has been doing all this while i i believe you know i suspect that you know what what these crypto experts have to say have a valid point that you know he's in way trying to uh you know you know carve a path you know uh, you know uh, and you know just keep dexes aside and you know have have cex's uh have their own final word yeah
0: absolutely i mean and, and it seems like there you know, isn't essentially this the same old argument about whether uh The guiding hand of the government can be helpful at all or not an interesting thing that i've noticed this year is that when i speak to analysts who are sort of like crypto adjacent analysts or you know they have one foot in crypto um kevin o'leary has been one he's become much more vocal and pro crypto over the past couple of weeks so we have some stories out about that jordan Belfort is another one that comes to mind both are speaking at our upcoming right. show by right. the way a future crypto on december 7th everyone so if you haven't bought your ticket they're still under a hundred dollars if you dm me i'll send you a coupon code for 10 percent off just because because we love That's you cool. um but uh you know when i talked to jordan uh, you know, he's very much of the opinion that uh, a clear structure is what's going to bring the real money in, to which I responded, of course, you know, but institutional investors are already in there. That's what drove the bull run that we've been experiencing for the past year and a half, right? And uh, it was kind of like one of those, the, the camera was stopped moments. It was an, uh, so it was a sideline conversation. And he was like, no, the real money is not in there. <laughs>
1: hey, guys, is- let me introduce it's Nick. He he's a friend of mine, a dear friend of mine. He he works in the mining industry. Mortusa made him an interview a while back, a few weeks ago. I remember, I distinctly hey, remember.
0: Yes.
3: Hey everyone, how's it going?
0: Good, Nick. Oh, good. How are you? Hey, Nick. welcome. It's pleasure Hi. to be here. Hey, For- we were talking about the, the the mining industry has has. Uh, also had its its own uh, its own interactions with regulators this year. How, how are you feeling about U.S. policy these days, Nick?
3: Quite a bit. U.S. policy is pretty interesting right now. Uh, things aren't too stable in the energy market worldwide, so that's causing quite a bit of noise when it comes to mining. Um, sure. But in terms of regulation, um, when I spoke to Martusa, when we did our interview, and like you said, like Jordan said, we need structure and we need... Basically, to be able to predict and to do business plans to make sure that the government is going to continue pushing towards new industries and new technologies. And basically, if it's regulated, usually that means that you have more visibility on what's going to happen in the future. So in terms of a mining perspective, I'm all for regulation, um, as long as basically it gives us visibility and the ability to uh, plan for the future.
0: Right, no, I mean it makes sense. Certainly, it it seems like uh, having it be an unregulated space. Well, I remember a few years ago we were talking about whether uh, Bitcoin, particularly, might be a safe haven, but here it is. You know, in in the face of e- global economic hardship, tracking le- right along with the stock market, yeah, preceding it in some ways. So uh, it it seems like some uh, some structure would ultimately be a helpful thing, just because. Uh, we have a lot of mainstream uh, money involved now. We have a lot of mainstream uh,
2: retail investors. Um, what, what, what do you think, Brentuza? Uh, you know, Justin, I'll just take this point ahead. You know, I definitely I agree that you know there are some uh, you know some regulations. Are definitely needed for the industry, but you know what? Because you know, in, in absence of regulations, you have instances like the Terra Luna happening, and you know we we are at a situation where you know nobody knows. I mean, the whole world is looking for Do but then nobody knows where he is. So these these instances tend to be very embarrassing for the industry. That you know, a, 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 an individual single handedly can. You know, you know, just uh, you know, loot you know millions of dollars, and you know, just go scot free. So this is something that we wouldn't want to happen which is why regulations are very important but at the same time we need to definitely ensure that uh, you know these uh, these regulations do not cripple the industry they they, they do not uh, you know take away the whole idea of uh, you know decentralization because you know we now have you know millions uh, you know millions of people across the world who have become uh, you know uh, you know They've been, you know, it's like a, it's like a magnetic attraction for them. Now decentralization has be- has become an attraction for them. So, so they wouldn't want that, you know, the whole, uh, uh, you know, uh, everything that they have in their hands, that you know, uh, which which they did not have earlier when you know, they, then there were these banks and then these, uh, you know, uh, huge uh, corporates who had their own rules in place. But then now they have a point where they can do a lot of things which, which they couldn't do earlier so they wouldn't want this to happen and exactly this is what is required we need regulations but at the same time we need to ensure it's not crippling for the industry justin hey so
1: where you live you you can't trade right you can't do crypto trading
2: this is a good question. Now, you know, I, so, so I am, you know, I am from India, but, you know, now India has been, you know, one of these countries where, you know, it has always been traditionally opposed to new technologies. I mean, you know, in India, you know, there are these people who have, you know, who've been, you know, you see the kind of, you know, people who've been, you know, spearheading the biggest corporations in the world look at Google, look at Microsoft, I mean, look at Twitter. You know, you have these, uh, you know, uh, companies that are renowned across the world and they have, you know, Indians as in, in their management, all management roles. So there definitely is brain here. But then the whole problem is that the government has been uh, traditionally opposed to new technologies. They've been always wary about it. They just, they, they do not accept it uh, You know, Maybe. until the very end. So that is the problem. But, you know, if if the Indian government especially, and not just the Indian government, but uh, governments across South Asia, if governments okay. across South Asia open up, open up to new technologies, I'll tell you, you know, uh, China could be left behind, uh, you know, they definitely could be left behind. So if the US is the number one economy, if China comes number two, and I can guarantee you, four or five countries come together, open up to new technologies, you could definitely take China over. So, so Justin, the whole...
1: yeah. Justin, what are your thoughts on that, on regulations um, and what's going on?
0: Oh, man, you know, I, I've worked with a couple of projects, I've interviewed a couple of projects that are out there trying to create a compliance layer, essentially, uh, as like an L2 solution. And to create global compliance is um, – just a breathtaking task in so many ways. I mean, obviously, I think that we all agree in principle here that essentially clarity without restricting innovation is kind of the sweet spot that you want to hit. But how do we hit it globally? It, it's it's interesting to me that we've been able to form alliances uh, like gas and oil come to mind, for example. It's not right. always a positive alliance, but we have formed alliances around trades of virtually everything else. It seems like uh, lawmakers are catching up on at least understanding what crypto is. It's just how do we get them to respect this digital asset class as being as worthwhile as any other uh, investment or any other transfer of money and then maybe regulate it in a cohesive way so that when you try to do uh, global compliance, you don't have an impossible puzzle to work with. Yeah, that's an an issue itself. And also like the, the knowledge from the
1: lawmakers, you no, know, because we are depending on people that maybe are not so expert, like they're not experts in the space, and sometimes they use uh, the technology for their benefit. So I think as a space and like the crypto community in the entire world should cooperate and speak out and give like their thoughts on what this regulation should be and what's appropriate and what not, you know.
0: If, if you've oh, got is- an opinion by the way everyone uh, you know feel free to raise your hand ask a question that sort of thing obviously Twitter space is very relaxed kind of atmosphere glad to uh, have some two-way conversation going on and please uh, like uh, go ahead and follow all the people who are speakers today all uh, have great information in the uh, in the the crypto and web3 space I'm sorry Mertuzzi, you were about to say
2: no, i'm i'm not really sure uh, i mean i i i have tend to for, you know forgotten the question so the whole uh, so we could just continue and then i'll chime in
0: well by the way since you mentioned uh, do quan uh, i am quoting bloomberg now instead of quoting our our, mm. our own publication but he has been they have confirmed or uh south korean prosecutors have have confirmed that he has uh, left singapore for dubai what a tale. Have said the so, rumors are not yeah. false so yeah hey, if how, you're how, looking much
1: <laughs> how much do we have to wait for a netflix movie around this
0: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you want to bet me a hundred dollars that 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 Any... one is in the works right now
2: yeah, yeah. i completely yeah. agree yeah it could just be on the way yes but you know what i mean if if he's in dubai Uh, Because, you know, uh, Bloomberg has uh, apparently, I've read this report, but uh, uh, Bloomberg has taken this from a local uh, South Korean outlet. So, so, uh, so this is not a Bloomberg news, actually, but it's been uh, uh, taken from a local outlet. But then, uh, so as to say, if he is indeed in Dubai, it really becomes very difficult for regulators to get hold of him now because uh, Dubai, the UAE, basically is known to be a country that uh, does not really uh, it, it, it has laws of its own. So uh, you know it, it becomes very difficult to catch hold of somebody. I mean I mean I've seen I, I've seen so many people who've uh, actually uh, you know done some kind of scam and you know just ju- they just run off to uh, Dubai or anywhere in UAE. So it becomes uh, you know, extremely difficult now. If indeed he's in Dubai, it becomes very difficult for regulators to get hold of him. I want to go to Dubai too, man. It's, like, it's amazing. Is this two and a half hours from here? <laughs> but looks yeah. like they have some beautiful hotels. I've been there once and yeah, Palm Jumeirah is beautiful. Amazing. And, and at this
0: point, maybe you'll run into him. You can ask him some questions.
2: Yeah, I could actually <laughs> just run into him. Yeah, I should Go just get us an
0: exclusive, that. man.
2: <laughs> I could I just know, do just, that. Yeah, that's a good, great idea.
0: <laughs> should, should we focus? Should we focus in on mining uh, more and, and talk to Nick about that? I feel like that's a hell of a beleaguered space. To yeah, be yeah. In. Nick, why don't you? Why don't you join again? So, wh- why are you? Why are you destroying the planet, Nick? You're using all of our energy killing all the trees hey come on <laughs> <laughs>
2: nick,
0: nick nick personally wakes up kills a bunch of trees gets gets to work on some bitcoin mining <laughs> oh,
3: there we go okay so why are we destroying the planet in terms of uh crypto mining when it comes to the planet uh something i spoke to martus about quite a bit was the injection of capital for renewable energies that has mm-hmm. been happening yes. thanks to crypto mining given that energy has been a pretty stable business for the last let's say 100 years and there hasn't been too much motivation in terms of energy companies to innovate when it comes to that uh but with this large spark of regulations when it comes to producing energy on a carbon footprint and the consumption to produce something that's an asset that's liquid and tradable um, there's been a huge influx of new projects when it comes to renewable energies, thanks to crypto mining um, at least that's how I'm seeing it stateside, uh, how I'm seeing it in Europe, and how I'm seeing it in South America as well. There's also
0: do you think, Max? Do, do you ever feel like this is just the stick regulators they're using to uh, to bring crypto to heel?
3: 100%. Traditional banking, how much power does that use? With their office buildings, ATM machines, AC for the ATM machines, for the lobbies that they use, uh, the amount of paper sure. that they use. So the thing is what are you comparing crypto mining to when it comes to power consumption? Mm -hmm. So
1: Yeah, I Mm always think about that, like all the all the tracks moving money all around the world, it must have an impact. No, only that they're always the
3: let's say the dollar. Yeah, all the The, banks the dollar today is the
1: buildings with the lights.
3: Exactly. And not just that, let's say currency, paper currency. How much of a carbon p- footprint goes into logistics for moving that paper currency as well? Let's hey, but don't
1: take me away my bills, man. <laughs> I, I like having I like having physical money too. But, it's like a great complement to for Bitcoin, you know.
3: Yeah, but I think uh, they're comparing apples to oranges. Um, yeah, crypto consumes a lot of power, but compared to what?
1: Exactly, exactly. And what do you think about? Uh, I had
2: a, I, I, I so, had sorry. a quick question. One, one, se- one
1: second. What do you think, Nick, about um, currencies that do not incur like a great waste of energy or waste no or investment of energy to generate new tokens? You know, like energy or currencies in the in the history, it it always required like a huge amount of energy to produce. Not and only- if not, they they became wasteless, you know.
3: Not just energy, wars, blood. Uh, let's say before it was gold, there were wars for gold. Um, basically, um, when there's innovation, there's obviously going to be pros and cons. Um, I think that we're seeing a larger influx of green energy, and I know of crypto mining uh, producers that exclusively sell to miners that are mining with green power as well. So I think maybe at the beginning it was a dirty business, quote unquote. Uh, but it's getting greener and greener and more efficient as well so with innovation some positives some negatives and yeah negatives also it's get whacked out it's good to 12. mention
1: it's good to mention the audience that Nick's facilities are based like in, in tierra del fuego like really really south and they use all the, the the winter climate to to call their machines they don't waste like on ACS or air conditioner
3: and we only use uh, excess energy and basically we're producing power with flared gas that would go to waste either way uh and with regulations from last year's cop 26 uh convention basically the carbon footprint convention technically it's carbon neutral uh some people agree with it some people don't but because of the technical specifications given cop 26 is renewable energy
0: Hmm. I wonder. Do you, Do you think that this will be an issue because there's so much money involved that that helps, um, you know, push forward the the idea of. Uh, Using uh, renewable energy or or, or carbon offsets or whatever. I mean, like they're, they're forcing all these highly agile, innovative companies, both in mining and in other parts of the Web three world, to come up with ways to address this issue because otherwise, it's kind of a, a public uh, it's a public image lodestone to have around your neck. So it seems like there are at least some creative solutions coming out of this. You've got people trying to use you know, uh, energy coming from natural springs and that, or volcanic activity. I mean, it sounds like science fiction, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe something really particularly innovative will come out of it.
3: Exactly. Um, the thing is, before, there wasn't that much money depending on these innovations because power companies were producing power, selling the power, and no one really cared or paid attention to the carbon footprint involved in producing energy now given that there's a financial business around it it makes more financial sense to invest in these innovations and these new projects
0: Uh of course you know if you look at some of some of the statistics just around bitcoin itself not I, i don't mean to cast any i love bitcoin i'm sure everybody on here loves bitcoin i don't mean to cast aspersions of the grand old coin but if you look at uh the statistics that, like Solana is putting out, for example, um, suggesting that just Bitcoin is hugely energy energy intensive to transact Like one one transaction of Bitcoin will supposedly power their entire network for an hour. That that's a statement that they're making uh, publicly on their site. So you know, we've got this energy and work at intensive process. That's baked into Bitcoin and baked into its to its rarity and and availability. Obviously, there there's a limited fund, uh, there's a limited amount of them to begin with. But do you think um, with Ethereum, you know, going through the great merge and switching over to uh, proof of stake, does that leave Bitcoin alone in this kind of like proof of work area?
3: Well, proof of work and proof of stake each have their benefits, their pros and cons. Uh, Ethereum's proof of stake migration uh, made some things come to light that maybe weren't considered before. For example, the concentration of Ethereum validator nodes. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know the exact number, but I think around 25 to 30% of the nodes were hosted on Amazon Web Services. Uh, that's a huge <laughs> okay. issue when it comes to decentralization because. What happens if Amazon decides that it's against its terms of service to host those nodes on their servers? So, it has its pros and its cons. There's also rumors heading around that since Ethereum is in uh, exchanges, I think around 60%, if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me on the percentages, but a very high percentage of Ethereum is currently uh, in exchanges. So that means that if those exchanges are U.S.-based and the majority of Ethereum is U.S.-based, then the SEC might be able to regulate it or try to regulate it. When it was mining, it wasn't a security. It wasn't anything that was regulatable. Um, so some things are coming to light that uh, maybe weren't we couldn't predict before because there was no way of doing it before. So I think there's pros and cons. There's also a very interesting article from the i don't remember the year early 1900s from henry ford that, that predicted that there would be a currency based off of power and basically if you read it what he wrote it's very similar to what we're seeing in bitcoin today so i think proof of stake has its pros it might be more energy efficient um and proof of work has its pros where it's less less vulnerable to uh to not just regulations but to attacks on a government side.
1: Yeah, though so it has like right. stronger stronger um stronger qualities as a currency, right? It gives like another solidity.
3: Exactly. And it offers more potential to decentralization.
2: But Nick, uh, do, you think, uh, do, do you think that uh, uh, Bitcoin could ever move to uh, the POS consensus? Uh, What's your take on this? Is I, this a possibility?
3: absolutely not. We might see a fork like we saw back in the day with Bitcoin Cash or with Bitcoin SV. So they would be spin-offs or a fork. But hmm. Bitcoin Core, I see absolutely no way of miners coming to an agreement of converting it to proof of stake. Hey, Martusa, you, think-
1: you have a great article
2: there, right? Have a great article. There. Yeah, yeah, I I do. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. But then, uh, you know, uh, that 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 brings me, uh, you know, to another curious, uh, you know, uh, you know, aspect to this, uh, the whole the whole migration. Uh, so when uh, Ethereum moved to the POS consensus, uh, you know, what was the reaction of miners? You know, were they happy with it? Uh, In terms
3: of Ethereum miners, um, I don't have too much experience when it comes to that. I have some friends or some colleagues that had large-scale operations, and it was absolutely devastating Mm. for them. Um, Basically, they had to make a decision of migrating to a proof-of-stake coin where all their GPUs basically became useless from one day to another. Obviously, this... Mm. This proof-of-stake migration has been something that's been talked about for the last few years. It was nothing new, so they had plans in place, but um, mm. it wasn't a positive for the miners, obviously, that since their business plan was around uh, Ethereum being proof-of-work. There's, there's, there's still the Ethereum proof-of-work fork, uh, which they could keep mining, but basically their profitability depends on the price of that coin going up and it being massively adopted as a utility coin and being used in Web3 solutions. So basically, it's gonna depend on that. But uh, Ethereum miners are in trouble or have already passed the storm of trouble.
1: Hey Nick, your knowledge on this on this is amazing. You have to come to the conference, eh? I, I'll see
4: you there, eh? You have Perfect. to come.
3: Well, we'll see each other there in New York.
4: Yes, sir. Hey, Logan. So- how are you? Yeah. I'm good. How are you? I'm loving the Want to speak? Want to speak some NFTs? Sure. What you got for me? Let's see, Justin.
0: Uh, I was going to talk a little bit about Rarible too for today. That's not the same thing as talking about NFTs, though. If we want an update on uh, the generative projects or the uh, PFP projects, that would be more of a Logan and Alyssa kind of thing.
4: Yeah, I don't have uh, I don't have too much in terms of updates. I've been uh pretty heads down um, and away from the NFT markets. Um, just keeping my keeping my fundamental plays going, but uh yeah, uh, sorry I can't give you more there.
0: You know, I know that we have some exciting updates in terms of uh NFT related speakers uh, for the for uh, the future crypto show. Do you want to let people know what's going on about that, just because I happen to know that's you know sort of what you've been heads down on. Well, you and Chris, I should say.
4: Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. So, um, for you guys who don't know out there, we do have uh, our first ever in-person crypto and NFT event going on in New York City this December. Uh, so, drop some reactions, drop some hype for that. Uh, and you guys, if you guys need a discount. Woo! Shoot me a message and I'll send you 20% off code. Also, Whoa. fun fact, prices go up at 5 p.m. Eastern time today, which is in uh, an hour and a half. So go get your ticket right now. Um, no need to delay. I think Ryan's pinned tweet at the top there uh, will get you right to the website. So yeah, if you're going to be there, you're going to see uh, some really cool speakers such as the co-founder of Yuga Labs, Garga, will be making his first in-person appearance there. Uh, That's amazing. Amazing. That's amazing. A a huge speaker. Yeah, it took a lot of hard work uh, to get that one. We also have Pudgy Penguins CEO uh, Luca coming in. That's going to be great. I know Justin has put together a huge lineup of GameFi and play to earn speakers. Maybe you could uh, talk about that in a second. But we also have... Uh, some some artists coming in. Illmind, if you're into to hip hop, uh, Spotty Wi-Fi, the crypto punk rapper, he was on one of our spaces the other day. We have a bunch of uh, big board apes from uh, Legend to Hunter Oral, uh, Josh Ong, who's on the uh, Board Ape Yacht Club committee now. Uh, we have some people from Gary V's team coming in. Uh, a bunch of blockchains: Tezos, Avalabs, Arbitrum. Actually, Arbitrum's not confirmed yet, but you guys get the idea. We have basically everybody you can think of is going to be here. Um, So make sure you are there as well. But, yeah, Justin, I'll turn it over to you. I'm excited to hear uh, about the GameFi panel you put together. What was the thought there?
0: Um, Well, you know, I'm also a little bit of a a gaming journalist, or I was before I I started writing about uh, crypto. Um, I'm on a a dev team for an MMO called uh, Ship of Heroes. And we've been developing that in UE4 for the past few years. So, uh, you know, I like to talk to projects that have specifically, like, functioning games. And so we're starting out with a a panel that looks like it's going to be uh, definitely Alien Worlds, which is really the number one uh, most played uh, GameFi game out there that's still using a a pretty effective um, play-to-earn dynamic. Uh, which is good to see, but also uh, we've got uh, like blockchain brawlers coming on. Uh, both are built. Uh, Bro- blockchain brawlers is by Wax Studios, and both are actually, I believe, on the Wax platform. Um, but we also have, uh, I think, it's Guild of Guardians, which is actually still pre-beta, but has a great, um, you know, play-to-earn or play-to. Uh, play to own philosophy. It's like I like to see that GameFi is developing that like, you know, essentially I think we're gonna see their incorporation of NFTs including a lower price point, more realistic goals, not people making a thousand dollars a day like someone was famously doing with um you know one of the projects last year, Axie Infinity. Uh but you know a matter of just people having more of a, a sense of ownership and being able to, like, own the the effort that they put into the game. Like, that. that's kind of the goal. Not have it become a part-time job, per se. That was a very bull market idea. So we're, we're going in with some people who I know are building real games and are creating real incentives around them. So that's pretty exciting
2: yeah that's awesome i'd that's like it. to add my two cents to this uh, you know i i Justin, uh, while you were talking about web3 and gaming you know i i you know what what comes to my mind is that you know uh, blockchain gaming is uh, you know that is, is something that connects uh, you know uh, uh, gaming and uh, uh, you know the, the blockchain and web3 so i i i see this to be a bridge you know you know much Absolutely. has been made of you know much have, much has been made about uh, the institutional adoption of crypto and, but, but then, you know, it's, it's going to be a long road map ahead for this, uh, you know, relatively small group of financial customers to, uh, you know, adopt DeFi or blockchain technology on a larger scale. But then, uh, you know, conversely, uh, you know, I was just remembering a recent Antler report. Now, this revealed that, you know, there were uh, 3 billion users globally who spend around 200 billion a year on consoles and in-app purchases. And, uh, you know, this this category is just growing larger than movies and music combined. In fact, you know, a single hit game has, uh, you know, more players than there are total crypto users, uh, you know, right now. So, uh, you know, mathematically speaking, you know, I, I feel the next uh, uh, tripling of crypto wallets comes from a hit game where users won't even know that they're using NFTs or blockchain technology.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely the goal. I mean... You know, a year ago, I have to be honest. If I talked to uh, a head of a game five project, ninety percent of the time in the first five minutes or so, you could determine that they didn't know anything about game development, and that's not <laughs> yeah. the way. It, and that's not the way it is now. I mean, specifically, they would they would sing me a beautiful song about their tokenomics, <laughs> and that's what they were focused on. But like, what about having a playable game? I refuse to believe Axie Infinity is the best that we can do. Now we uh, we we have uh, people who are focused on creating triple A experiences that you can also you know like mint that were the games that where you're able to mint it as an NFT in game where you can start playing with lower thresholds to uh, to joining so that normies can get on board. You don't need a crypto wallet, but um you know yeah, what we're- also you have to. You yeah. have to take into account games take years to develop. Yes. And this,
1: yes. this, this all, all this hype, it's it has like what, two, three years old max. It takes years to develop, but we will see it soon. I believe that.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, honestly, the, the games that I've taken seriously I've spoken to this year have been developing for three or four years. I mean, they're, they're coming out with it now, but that's about right. That means that they're actually moving to timelines that are in line with what's going to happen when you're doing um, a AAA experience, uh, action-based or arcade-based multiplayer game. Um, yeah, absolutely. That, that's what they've they've got to move toward. So it, it's, it's a cool space. You know, every year the New Zoo report comes out, and that's kind of the industry standard for the gaming industry overall, including blockchain. And um, what Mertuza said is correct, that absolutely every part of the, uh, of the gaming industry is growing everywhere geographically um, and everywhere demographically. So like... Uh, You know, it isn't just that gaming overall is growing like there are more women playing MMOs in the APAC region this year than last year. Like it just continues to grow and grow. And that capital investment still comes in. Here we are in the middle of a winter. Uh, you know, crypto winter crypto or crypto bear market. But in the meantime, over a billion dollars in capital investment flowed into GameFi in Q1 of this year. So the opportunity is still out there, my guys, and people are out there building. But I I worry about that attention span thing for real. Like you can come out and say, I'm going to do a game and everyone gets pumped and you'd be like, and it's going to be four years. (laughs) Nobody wants to hear that. So we're gonna have to yeah. learn and change a little bit in that respect. Um, I'm gonna throw out j- just because uh, it, it, uh, it it's a, something that I published this morning. If you guys go and look at it, really big announcement coming from Rareable. Like uh, you know, I, I've always I was always been a fan of Rareable, partially because I just gravitate toward uh, you know. Uh, underdogs in some ways. I mean, you know, they're they're still uh, in the – I think they're the number two exchange or something like that. But OpenSea, I mean, that's everywhere, obviously. Everybody knows about OpenSea. What I've liked about Rarible um, since last year is when they opened up their API, because it seemed to me like they were trying less to become the one destination, which would put them directly in competition with, uh, with OpenSea. Um, and instead, they're trying to help everybody else build their secondary marketplaces and create, you know, SDKs and APIs for them to be able to do that. Well, at starting yesterday, for, well, there are really three parts. One, they handle, they handed governance over to, to their DAO. So mm. uh, that's cool. They're serious about decentralization. It's nice to see. And that DAO voted a new incentive program using RARI, RARI tokens. So now, and they also turned the main destination site, rarible.com, into an NFT listings aggregator. So at this point, if you want to buy something from OpenSea or if you want to buy something from uh, Flipkick for that matter, or from Blockbar or some, you know, little specialized niche. um, marketplace you can pull up all those listings through the Rareable interface at this point with no with no extra fees and you earn these rary tokens for uh for posting listings and for buying once you have a mm-hmm. hundred of them you can you can lock that to have voting privileges within the dow and also to have zero percent fees they've also got airdrop coming up so In terms of trick-or-treating and looking for uh, little bonuses, guys, if you're out there and you're you're into uh, getting some rarity tokens, you should check it out. I I don't know that what they're trying to do will work or will take the space by storm or anything like that, but I do appreciate that it's innovative and it's a different way to try and approach the overall issue of meeting people's needs. Great. Amazing.
1: Thanks for sharing that. that.
0: That was great.
1: And hey, do you own uh, any cool NFT, Justin? I have one,
0: but it was
1: a gift. (laughs) I
0: have I have a racing pig from twenty fifteen that I collected. But I should say that I earned by raising him. It was through uh, I think the name of the company is Good Luck Three. They're the first gaming company out of tokyo that did a blockchain game or something like that oh it's the worst game it really is <laughs> <laughs> but but no i like i've i've been really into nfts like use cases um in terms of like fundraising and talking to artists uh who are doing some one-offs because i've or one ofs because i've gotten uh to talk to some really cool people that way. But no, that that's why whenever we talk about the generative or PFP projects, I just haven't gotten into those communities. That's not really my thing, but uh, you know, I mean, it, it's cool. Like it's a cool space out there. And I do appreciate talking to Alex Salnikoff, who is doing an, a, an interview at the show. Just, he's one of the co-founders of Rarible just because he's living the life. He's living the, the web three life, uh, the digital uh ownership life that uh, that we talk about these you know he's basically
2: unencumbered
0: yeah. by a, a bunch of irl uh by a bunch of irl holdings everything he owns of value is all is all digital and uh you know he's just going from place to place and talking about blockchain and so forth amazing what, uh, about, man. Cool guy. what cool a interview.
1: man. hey farrell welcome this is far PM at Benzinga, founder of Cashcoms.
0: hello
4: Hello, hello. Thanks for having me, guys. Happy to be here.
0: Hey, Randy. Hi. Hey, good to have you. How you doing, Farrell? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just popped back in after taking a
4: phone call. So just catching up with you guys here, listening in and learning.
0: Amazing. Hi, we're just talking a little bit, a bit about the Rarible story. Check it out, guys. It's, uh, it's a, a place to get your uh, trick-or-treat hit. There are a couple of other... Uh, funny ones that i mentioned they take out my uh my paris hilton mention like not even paris hilton um, looks right in roblox but you know again i'm old so don't listen to me all uh, those eight-bit graphics they're a bit much for me um forgotten runes wizard cult has a trick-or-treat opportunity coming up from Friday, October twenty eighth to October twenty third, if you go in game to the Nightmare Imp door, you can get like a loot box, for example. Like I don't know, I I think that reacting to the holidays, um, well, part of what what I liked about the Paris Hilton thing is that she describes it as crypto ween, and I I think if there's any uh holiday that's like maybe appropriate for our space, maybe it is Halloween. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Jose? <laughs> do,
1: do, do you feel that Halloween and crypto are are linked together? Do you found like nope. a connection?
0: Hey, what about you, Mertusa? I, I, I what about what about uh, declaring a, a Halloween crypto uh, No, I yeah, think I it's,
2: mean, it's, it's, it's. I I think just being invested in uh, you know cryptos has been a uh, Halloween experience for a lot of people nowadays.
0: Maybe I'm just uh-huh. not hearing anybody. Hmm. That
1: that's a good one. That that was a good one. <laughs> You hear I that, mean, Justin? you can
4: be whoever you want to be in the metaverse, right? So.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's kind of what I figured. I don't know, guys, by the way, speaking of uh, following your bliss, raise your hand, make a comment, you know, let, let's uh, let's get some more conversation going. I mean, I, I am fascinating to listen to. There's no doubt about that. But, uh, you know, by all means, chime in. <laughs> <But> <laughs> You're doing, doing a great job.
2: Uh, while 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 Justin, Candy's talking about, gone up uh, this year. I guess that's pretty predictable.
0: People are going to be spending, on average, thirty five dollars a bag, according to, uh, or thirty five dollars on candy alone this year, according to the National Retail Federation. <laughs>
2: Burtu, is that what you were saying? Yeah. No, no. So I was just saying that you know, uh, just just coming well, back. I to I
0: think the Halloween thing is fun anyway. Jose, are you there? I just want to make sure that my audio is coming in because I just no, feel like I'm speaking I, I in a void right think... now. Uh, uh,
1: <laughs> wait, wait. He's not listening to us. Uh, please proceed, mordusa I will reach out to Justin.
2: No, no, so I I saw so this this my, my you know my, my inquisitiveness was uh you know with Justin because you know while he was talking about uh, NFTs, uh w- what what came to my mind was NFT royalties because you know uh theoretically speaking, selling NFTs should automatically monetize artists and creators for their hard work and creativity. However, in reality, uh the, the royalties uh, earned on the resale of N- N- NFTs is dictated by marketplaces like OpenSea, who you know decide on who earns what. Uh, so you know, can we can we have uh, you know uh, you know uh, on the protocol level can we have royalties enforced in a way that there's there's a- absolutely no competition on offering optional royalties and artists can have their revenues protected.
1: Yeah, and um, I think that uh, what I was saying Justin, around like opening the game, you know, opening the field for for new platforms, uh, it will always help the, the users. You know, people, right. uh, the platforms will compete to get like the lower fees, the lower. Um, it's like it's a new space, you know, and fees are super high. Also, there was like a super cool topic around this about the apple's nft platform that it had like a super big um commission rate but i i would i would i would launch uh you know uh, um nft in but the honestly, Apple platform
2: but i think assured royalties can definitely lead to an entire uh, new game economy being b- being built up you know around assets from secondary sales you know you know that could just add a new layer, a layer of utility to the process of uh, minting NFTs. Yeah, I think I, I, I think there was, uh, there was uh, one company called uh, Immutable X. I think uh, they had, uh, you know, come out with, uh, you know, something called as uh, standardizing of NFT royalties. So, uh, you know, that's what they were doing. So, uh, you know. Uh, you know, just yes, trying to ensure that these marketplaces don't really have a free hand in deciding who gets to earn what.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's true. Justin, can you hear, can you hear us? Yeah, uh, yeah, not only that, but I, I, I can hear you, so I won't be shouting over, over all of you. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> the whole thing just one. I don't know. I still love Twitter spaces, but every single time I'm on one, there's some form of technical difficulty, but I still love it. Um, immutable <laughs> x is a super great project I, out of out of yeah. uh all of the i mean i know that they are a uh that they're a scaling solution as well but uh, their contributions to gaming are are pretty awesome very very impressive yeah. they're they're actually somebody i'd like to have in one of these spaces in the next uh
2: in the next couple of weeks right well, I, I think thinking- i i I think I know, uh, you know, I, uh, so Robbie, uh, F- uh, Ferguson, the, the co-founder is a friend, a friend's friend. So probably I could just uh, get him connected to you. That's cool. That would be awesome.
0: And guys, yeah. if you have other, uh, everyone listening, if you have other projects you want us to talk to, we are able to reach a lot of people. Um, next week, Osmosis is going to be coming on. I believe we're confirmed for Thursday at 2 p.m. ET. So please do be around for that one. Uh, that is a fantastic project on Cosmos. Wow.
1: Amazing. Okay, guys, I think uh, one hour has passed. We can call today day and see you on Monday. Lovely Thanks, talk to everyone. everyone. It's been Thanks such a journey, wonderful, amazing. Thank for joining us.
0: Thanks. Please guys. go ahead. Please go ahead and follow and and keep uh, keep tuned to Benzinga so that we can uh, keep you updates to these things. I think we're looking to do at least a couple a week.
2: Great. We should. We should. Yeah.
0: Th- thank you, Farrell, for joining us. Thank you ever. Thank you, Mertusa, for joining us. And uh, thank you for will- having me. And uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Take care, everyone.